Tuesday. And I was minding my own business. And I always try to hear from the Lord. And I'm trying to mingle with people and people were mingling with me. But the Lord really had me to bullseye on one individual. And as we were sharing information, introduced myself and he told me he was in California somewhere and he said, well, my sister used to be in California. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, what's your sister's name? And I said, well, she always wanted us to call her doctor. And I went to, I went to her graduation and knew she had a doctor then. And um, she goes, so her name was Dr. Herman Williams. And he said, well, that's your sister? And he said, yeah. Yeah. And we began to take a picture and then he dialed it up in her phone and just zipped her picture. Yeah. So I, oh my God, does he really know my sister? You <laughs> <laughs> know her better than me. <laughs> uh, it was a connection that was yes. divine. Yes. And uh, he introduced me to his wife and we yes. just started talking and, and he said, I'm coming at church, son. Yeah. Ooh. I read his bio. I said they introduced him as the chaplain of Wheaton College. I said chaplains, chaplains can preach. Are <laughs> <laughs> they supposed to be? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I got some more information about him. I said, yeah, this one can preach. So <laughs> he just had that, that other that, that, that school over there. <laughs> so we uh we exchanged some things and, and he's here today. Can you imagine? Praise God. Praise God. Tell you all about all those things, but don't make any difference who he is. Amen. He's a man of God. Amen. 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 He's a professional Wheaton College, and yeah. uh, his I didn't tell them this. I didn't tell them, tell them we build a building, but you build a building, we can't pay preachers. We just. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Right, right. Set him up. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to give him a couple dollars in the middle of the White Castle. We got chicken. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. Yeah. He got him there before he sent his agent with his. <laughs> with this contract, right? Yeah, Lord. Lord. Yeah, yeah. But he graciously said he'll come. Yeah. And minister And let me just tell you, you know, to go to, to be the chaplain at Wheaton College, you gotta be a little deep. You know what I'm talking about? They didn't just select him because he was an 87 alumnus. <laughs> yeah, they selected him because he got some stuff behind his name and all those other things. Amen. I selected him because he has the Holy Ghost. My God. My God. My God. So can you do me a favor, stand to your feet and give My him God. a progressive welcome. Come on. Come on, everybody. Put your hands together for Dr. Angelus Wilson. Come on. 
mercy. Isn't God good? Come on, I say, isn't God good? And can we praise God for the angel of this house? Our beloved pastor, our leader, amen. Our shepherd, Pastor Barkley. Come on, one more time. Let's praise God for the angel of God. Thank you so much, Brother Pastor, for sharing the preaching place and giving me this incredible honor to the First Lady. What a beautiful rose. Good to see you this morning. To the ministers, to the deacons, to all of God's children, it is good to see you. Can y'all help me sing my prayer this morning? I need the Samuel chapter 5 verse 17 to the online 
Progressive family, good to see you in the house of the Lord as well. Let me say thank you to the beautiful Dr. Bentley. Amen for the wonderful work and the miracle she has been. I had the privilege 22 years ago to receive an award in honor of her husband. Amen. Dr. Hiram Bentley. It was the Urban Ministry Award at Wheaton College. And I've tried my best, Mother, to live up to that standard. So thank you for your love down through the years. My beautiful queen is with me. I want the brothers to know that was taken right there. Amen. Wave at me, baby. Amen. That's my queen of 32 years. The lovely Sharon Wilson. Amen. Now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Raphim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? And will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. And therefore, David called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And they left their images there, or their idols there. And David and his men carried them away. And then the Philistines went up again and deployed themselves in the valley of Raphim. And therefore, David inquired of the Lord again and said, the Lord said, brother, you shall not go up this time, but circle around behind them and come upon them from the top of the mulberry trees. And it shall be that when you hear the sound of the enemies marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines. And all God's people said amen and amen. Turn to somebody good looking on your row and say good looking. Oh good looking. The Lord wants you to know how to defeat the enemy of your soul. You may be seated. Pastor Barkley, thank you so much, my brother. In today's lesson, you and I get to see what happens when the child of God comes under attack from the enemy. 
The battle in the life of the believer is a common battle. It's a battle that every Christian on earth will at some day have to encounter. David at the time of our text is the new ruling king of Israel. And now all of the country has finally become united. And beloved, it's in the sight of unity and togetherness that the Philistines, the enemy, prepare themselves for war. You see, the enemy of God's people doesn't like the fact that God's children, here it is, have become unified. God's children had aligned themselves under one leader. And that leader was a leader of men. Not only that, he was a warrior with a track record of defeating them. Now we can learn from this text that every time the Lord blesses you, you can become a target of the enemy. Am I talking to anybody here? The Philistines hate David and despise him because God has made him king. And they've come back now to try to capture and destroy David once and for all. What a picture. This is a picture of the evil one and his relentless approach to assassinate the saints of God. How many of you know that devil don't discriminate? He don't waver. And he will become very aggressive and attempt to stop you too, progressive, from doing what God has called you to do. He just ain't going to let you build a center. Come on, talk to me. He ain't going to just let you walk through the community and create something to save souls. This will be war. I need somebody to help me preach today. Progressive, if we're going to be victorious in this battle with a relentless enemy, I believe there's three things we can learn from David today. Somebody holler three things. Let's look at David's summons for war. David's strategy for war and David's success in war. Can I say that again for the people online? David's summons for war, David's strategy for war, and David's success in war. Now y'all size me up already. How am I doing? Y'all gonna help me preach this text? Keep your Bibles open and let's waddle around verse 17. I want to open some things for you. The Bible says, now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, that all, somebody say all, all of the Philistines went up together to search for David. And David heard of it. And he went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Raphim. Beloved, when we come to this portion of the text, David's trouble comes to him, watch this now, after the Lord promotes him. 
You catch it? And his trouble comes from beneath him. The text says that his enemy had to go up. Y'all see it there? When the trouble came, it came because of the changes that were happening in God's people. Oh God, help me preach it all today. When he gets the word from down below, the enemy decides to move together to come up and block what God was doing in Israel. This underworld activity was a sign of the evil one being on the move. See, they had always been at war, the Philistines and the Israelites, but for some reason, a pseudo piece of a pseudo peace had lulled itself over the community until today that God promoted his man. And when God promoted his man, the enemy had to make a move. Okay, let me say it this way so you can say amen. When God made a move, the enemy made a move. Here's the application piece. Isn't that just like the believer's journey? Isn't that just like what happens in your life? God moves to bless you and the enemy moves to break you. God moves to promote you, but the enemy moves to demote you. God moves to lift you, and the enemy moves to lay you out. And life in Christ is just like that. It's just like this text, and we can learn today how to deal with the enemy of your soul. The text says that when David heard, hey, good God Almighty, of what the enemy was doing, Watch the text now. He went down into the strongholds. Somebody holler stronghold. When you come to this particular point, we get to see that when David got the word that the enemy was on the move, David mobilized himself. And he took, Pastor Barkley, uh, the posture of one who would prepare himself for battle. Somebody say, I got to get ready. He went down to the place that was called the stronghold. Now, what is the stronghold? I'm glad you asked. The stronghold was the place where the troops would bunker in to protect the community. It was their bunker where they did war from. It was the place where they fortified themselves for an enemy's attack. It was the place where battles were won, where strategy, Sister Angela, were developed. It was the place where men were secure and life was protected. It was the place where soldiers engaged for the fight of their families and their communities. It was the place where they prepared themselves to defend and to be on the offense. From the enemies of death. Here's what I learned in this passage. First Lady Barkley, David didn't just lay back when he heard the news that the enemy was moving. He didn't just lay back like he didn't see what was going on in the community. David didn't just lay back and act like the enemy was going to go away. Why? He had experience fighting the Philistines. Didn't he? Y'all Bible students, you remember. 
And he knew to take this threat serious. See, and because he had experience in defeating this enemy, he knew their strategies. He knew their strengths. He knew their capabilities. So he got down to the stronghold where he could properly engage with the ones who were coming to destroy his community. I think I'll argue right here for a church that's willing to prepare herself for an attack against the enemy. Can I get an amen in here? I think I'll tell somebody it's time out for laying back like you don't see the devil on the move. I'm going to keep pushing till you say amen. It's time out to quit acting like you don't see the devil misbehaving. Lollapalooza, that ain't nothing but a deceit and a trick from the devil. It's time out for being intellectually dull and insensitive of the evil one's pursuit to destroy your life. It's time out for acting like you ain't heard the devil moving in the night. It's time out for pretending like you don't see his army moving through the neighborhood. It's time out for acting like you can't see the storm clouds gathering. If I were you, I'd take my cues from David and get to the stronghold where I can fortify myself, where I can get some instruction for my wife, some instruction for my babies, some instruction for my neighbors. I'd get to the stronghold. Accordingly, 
devil is smarter than we give him credit for. He strategizes against every move that David makes. Okay, I see you ain't convinced, so let me let you peek behind the veil. You make a plan to get a vision to build something for God. The enemy starts to move. All of a sudden, opposition comes from places you didn't even know was opposing you. So you knuckle down, you get to the stronghold, you make your next move. The enemy then start raising up specialists to come and oppose the vision, the work, the mission of the kingdom of God. Beloved, it's important to know you're doing battle in the valley of Raphim. You say, Pastor, what is that? The Philistines called it the valley of the giants. Let me paint it for you. It was the place where their ancestors fought against Israel. The Philistines were known for being abnormally large people. Y'all remember the story of Goliath? This place where they went to fight against David was the valley of the giants. It was where all their warriors would assemble themselves. David went to the stronghold and they went to their place of strength and might. Isn't that just like the believer's life? When you get prepared to do battle over the evil one or with the evil one who kills you, he comes back bigger and stronger. Huh? Am I by myself? Every time the devil has acted up in my life, I can promise you he came back stronger than he did the first time. It's incumbent upon us to know that our enemy doesn't come to the fight to just lay down. He comes to annihilate you. To destroy you. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. We've looked at David's summons for war. Come here now and let me show you David's strategy for war. Verse 19. So David inquired of the Lord. Somebody missed a shout right there. He went to prayer meeting, y'all. And he asked the Lord in prayer, Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? And Lord, will you deliver them into my hand? And that's when prayer makes a difference, Brother Barkley. The Lord said, David, go up. And I will doubtless deliver the Philistine into your hand. So David, he went to Baal Perazim and defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. And therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. Can I work right here for just a minute? 
Beloved, when you come to this portion or pericope of the text, you get to see the strategy of King David defeating the enemy. The first thing David does is he inquires of the Lord. He prays. Now, now get this. He's a man of war. He knew how to fight the Philistines. But because he goes and asks permission, he shows us a different side of leadership. Can I open the text? Check this out. It's interesting because you got to choose which battles you're going to fight. No good warrior fights every battle. You got to choose the strategic battles. Secondly, I learned in the text, not only does he ask if he can go up, but he asks if he should fight. Thirdly, he says, and if I go up, will you let me win? Y'all catch that? He's imposing and supposing that God is superior, supreme, and sovereign. The fight is fixed. But he needs to know I need to be where you want me to be, God. Is this particular battle the one where you want me to stand? Can I say some more? You know what got me in this text, uh, Pastor Barkley, is that this text teaches me that David is a king. But he's a king who's under a king. It, it teaches me, my Barkley, that he understands authority. And, and as a king who has authority and understanding authority, he shows he is a king in submission to a greater king. He's the leader of a nation, but as a leader, he's under a leader. David understands authority, serves in authority, leads in authority, fights using authority, and he seeks authority when he's unsure of how to use his authority. <laughs> I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Come on. The second thing I learned in this text is that he moves out of in authority and he goes to a place called Baal Perazim. Now, in the Hebrew, this word literally means the mountains of breaches. Here it is. It was the place where David and his men experienced a breakthrough in the battle. Now, when the fight got hot, they broke through the Philistine line. And God gave them the victory. But he gave them something else. Can I show you? He gave them the opportunity after they broke through to name the place that they broke through in. Oh, okay, I know I'm not progressive, but I thought y'all shout right there. He let them name the victory after he gave them the victory. Here it is, here it is. Every now and then, when God delivers you, he lets you name the place where your deliverance took place. Help me preach it all, Spirit. Do you 
There are some breakthroughs awaiting the child of God who will wage war through intercession and obedience. God delights in giving you the territory. But he wants you to get it the way he wants you to get it. And guess what? When he gives it to you, there'll be a breakthrough. He's going to let you name it. <laughs> what he loves to name it. So take your cues from David today. Ask first and then fight. Ask first and then obey. Ask first and then name it when the Lord gives it into your head. Well, is there anybody here today looking for the breakthrough this morning? Anybody here today in a fight right now with the enemy of your souls? Is there anybody here looking for the law to do something in your life you ain't never seen him do before? Well, when God gives you the answer, obey. Step out in faith. Yeah. And then watch God show up and show up. We look at David's summons for war. David's strategy for war. Let me land the plane now and show you David's success for war. Y'all gonna say amen? Y'all size me up pretty good. How am I doing? Help me land the plane now. Verse 23, the Bible says, and therefore. Somebody say, therefore. David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said, David, this is the second time, you shall not go up. He says, but this time, David, circle around. That's called the flame. Behind, yes, the enemy. And then he says, and come up in front of them from the top of the mulberry tree. And then the Philistines went up again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rufin. Progressive, thank you for giving this little chaplain a few scattered preaching moments. But I get excited when I look at verse 23. David had his strategy for war, but God had his own. When David got victory the first time and the enemy went on the move again, he went back and consulted with the Lord again. And this time, somebody hollered this time. The answer was different. The answer was, no, David, you can't go up like you used to go up. This time when you go up, you got to go up higher than you went last time. I don't want you to just go up in my feet. I want you to go up and circle around behind them. And then I want you to climb in the top of the mulberry tree. Now, you know, when we think about warfare and enemies in our modern times, we don't think about fighting from trees. Yes, we, we, don't, we don't think like that. But 
because it's the only time in Scripture where we see God in the Old Testament give his warriors strategic information to fight from a tree. And in my study, Pastor Parker asked God, why would you give them victory like this from the tree? He said, because I was setting up another tree. And that next tree will come in the New Testament. You see, David's got to get victory here. So Jesus, when he comes on Calvary's Hill, will have to get victory from a tree. I'm off my text now, but let me close. Because I feel something stirring deep down on the inside. I don't know what happened that day in Bob Harrison. But I know that when David heard the enemies marching inside of the battlefield, the instruction of the Lord was, when you hear the sound marching, then, then,